0: For a retirement that maximizes your portfolio, your social security, avoids unnecessary risks, and protects you from pitfalls, and frankly lets you retire and keeps the nest egg working, you need a retirement partner. You need someone looking out for your best interest and building a plan for you based on your situation. You need Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649.
1: This episode of Financial Safari is brought to you by Kevin Frisbee and Frisbee and Associates. For all your retirement
2: needs.
3: Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruda or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.
1: Steady monthly income is key to a successful retirement. On today's show, five factors to know about your retirement income streams.
4: Hey welcome in everybody. This is Financial Safari. I'm Consumer Advocate Steve Siddall. And of course, uh, Kevin Frisbee is here. He is author of, well, uh, Every Dime Every Day, a great little book, and president of Frisbee and Associates. He's a fiduciary, and independent. Um and uh, so uh, Kevin, you get I, I like this having a successful retirement. Seems like a good idea. Well, <laughs> happy weekend, by the way, Steve. And, yeah. and yes,
1: a successful retirement is a great idea, isn't it? I mean, that's what we're that's what we do the show, to kind of bring
4: that information so people can be successful in retirement. Right. And so in this segment, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess we were talking before the show. I didn't even say hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But we get it. All right. So, um, you know, the things that we do and how we get there, uh, required minimum distributions, they're something we're going to talk about here. Um, and uh, you know, when you talk about income streams, social security is one of those streams.
1: Yeah. Social security is the basis of of, uh, that income stream, right? I mean, when we get up on a whiteboard in the office and we look at the budget need and then you talk about the fixed incomes, that's where this kind of subject uh, and and topic comes into play where what are your fixed incomes? That income stream or multiple streams, hopefully. And you've got your social security potentially. If, If you aren't on mainstay retirement, you've got your mainstay retirement. If you're a state employee, you've got maybe a pension if you're fortunate enough to still work for a company that has a pension. Then you've got maybe uh, some some other assets, maybe you're drawing an income uh, from something that you've you maybe tucked some retirement monies aside and you're drawing income from that. So what are your incomes? And so Social Security being the basis of that, here's a key, Social Security is and it was never designed and is not designed to be the, the total income in somebody's retirement. It is laid out as a tool, a supplemental, so to speak. So the burden is on us to go create those other streams of income and lay that in so that we're going to be comfortable and have that successful retirement. Sure,
4: and I mean again, uh, and obviously the longer we wait, the more we get, and uh, you know there are. I mean, it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't claim at sixty two, but it doesn't mean you should. It, I mean, every well, situation a, that's is right. different
1: everybody's situation is different, but, but let me, let me explain a couple things here. So just so kind of the the listeners can understand where we're coming from. So I'm not a uh, wait till 70 type of guy unless it fits. And I'm not a take early as early as you can, because social security is not going to be there type of guy either. Because again, I I believe that they'll make changes. Social security will be there in in some fashion and maybe a little bit different than it is today, but it's going to be there. And so how do, how do you choose when is the best time to take it based on your situation? If, if you come in and, and let's say you're a married couple and, and you say, "Hey, Kev, when's the best time to take Social Security?" I'm going to ask a few questions first. I'm going to ask, "Well, what have you done for other retirement savings? What have you? What's your life expectancy? Meaning, do you have you know uh, health conditions? That stuff plays a, a part here. As a married couple, here's the break-even uh, chart, the time frame when we do this analysis for a married couple that comes in. The break-even time period, meaning if if, if it makes if if you collect earlier versus not, is about 79 or 80 years old. So both people have to live past 79, 80 years old for it to make sense to wait. And if you have an age gap, even more so. So let's say I had somebody in here the other day and he was was 62 and she was 55. So there was a seven-year age gap and him being a male statistically is going to live less than her anyway. So I said, listen, by the time she gets to be 79 years old, you're going to be 86, and so are you going to? Do you think you're going to live past 86? Statistically, the answer is probably no, because you're a male and you've got until probably 83. So that means it might likely make more sense to collect your Social Security earlier and get as much as you can out of that. And then, you know, if you live past 86, well, you're not going to look back and say I made a mistake. You know, good for you that uh, you you continue to have have uh, an extended life. But at the end of the day based on the, the the charts and the numbers and the actuarials saying that you're not going to go that long, you're better off to collect Social Security earlier.
4: That's a great conversation to have, folks. And, and if you want to begin that conversation with Kevin, it's 800-998-5649. And I know you have those talks with folks most every day, I would guess.
1: I I really do, Stephen. And, and, and people really are looking for advice when you talk about taking Social Security. And then you got cases here in Maine anyway. Maine, Maine is one of 14 states that penalizes people. Meaning, if they have Maine state retirement, and even if they've worked in the private sector for several years, even a decade or two, Maine penalizes your social security. So there's an offset provision. And so now you have to factor in hey, do I take my social security early because my spouse isn't going to get that anywhere? They're going to have an offset as well. So there's there's a lot of conversation we have with people. And I think. We're we're some of the best in the state as far as giving that advice and trying to guide people as far as when is the best time to take Social Security and on the main state remi- retirement side, do you leave a spouse a benefit or not? And and there's a lot of
4: dynamics here that play in. And there's I mean again there's that's all I mean the Social Security analysis is part of that no no cost no obligation review that you do for folks.
1: It is it's automatic. It, you know everybody that comes in to do that consultation is going to be you know we're going to talk about that Social Security planning report. That we do, and we we. Uh, by, and by the way, I'm going to make a mention. We're we're now booking dates for seminars coming up, starting in May and June. Cool. So, um, and, and one. And I'm bringing it up because one of those seminars is a Social Security and Retirement Income Planning Workshop that we do. It's about an hour and fifteen minutes, and it's a lot of great information, very valuable. But I can. Somebody wants to come in and take advantage of that consultation. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, gather that information that we get at the seminar and kind of condense it as part of our consultation when people come to the offices.
4: That sounds great. And uh, boy, that's exciting that you're going to get to see folks again. So early response has been okay. I I can't wait. I can't wait. I've been chomping at the bit to get the seminars back,
1: back in line. So I I feel like people are going to go out there uh, and, and, and get information we're going to do it socially distances obviously we're going to you know have it safe and so I think people are feeling more comfortable to get out now and, and come to a hotel lobby and, and, and uh, uh, a room, I should say, and and, uh, and and listen to an informational seminar is what we're going to do. So I'll, I'll get the dates probably in the next couple of weeks, okay. Steve, and, sure. uh, and be able to put that out there.
4: All right. Well, that's great. I look forward to hearing more. And uh, so let's talk Roth conversions. And I know in the next segment, we're going to really dig into Roths. Um, but, you know, this is also something that it's not necessarily for everybody, but it could be for you. I would tell you
1: right now, this is one of the most important conversations that we have with people right now. And there's a couple things going on that people need to know about. Number one, here in the state of Maine, the state legislators right now have three bills on the main floor talking about raising state income taxes by 34%. Yep, 34%. You heard wow. me right. And so if that's the case, well, why do, why don't we talk about doing Roth conversions as much as we can to not hurt you tax wise but let's get it as much of that money out of the pre-tax state to a Roth state. the, gov- the federal government is talking about raising income taxes as well and, and rolling back the, tra- the the Trump tax cuts that got implemented in 2017 so they don't they're not going to wait until 2025 they basically said we're going to change those rules earlier than, than we originally uh, thought. So now you've got the state of Maine raising taxes. You've got the the, uh, the federal government raising income taxes, so now's the the the, the time. I tell you right now, if you listen to the show, now's the time to put a Roth conversion strategy in place because you do you want to get as much uh, much money out of those pre tax states as you can at the low lower tax rates, instead of paying the higher tax rates in the future. So again, I'll have that conversation. It has to be had with people, and I'm part of our job is to save our clients as much tax money as possible.
4: Absolutely. 800-998-5649 gets the ball rolling. Let's talk Medicare premiums for a second. And, and I know it gets to be a complicated formula, but uh, I mean, to me, the takeaway is if you make a lot of money, you're going to pay a lot more in Medicare.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, Medicare Part B premium is what you're talking about. Right, yeah. people, yeah, people, if they're not on that, uh, on Medicare yet, they don't understand what this is. But what happens is if, you're, if your income is above certain levels, the $145 a month that you're paying for Medicare Part B actually goes up in the amount that you have to pay if your income is at a higher bracket. And I think they're going to... I personally believe they're going to do the same kind of thing with Social Security. I call it means-based testing. They're going to look at your assets. They're going to look at your other assets and income. And they're going to say, hey, we're not going to pay you the full Social Security amount because you've got this other this other asset base going on. I really... And I'm not just bringing that up. They're actually... Politicians are actually talking about that. Sure. So... <clears throat> With Medicare premiums, you got to watch that because if you if your adjusted gross income is higher than the the threshold, it's like eighty eight thousand dollars for an individual, um, or one hundred seventy six thousand dollars for a married filing joint, you're going to pay a higher amount for your Medicare uh, premiums if your income's higher than that. So upwards of the maximum is f- five hundred four dollars and ninety cents a month versus one hundred forty eight fifty. So it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a that's a it, big it's a big chunk difference. It's, it's three hundred and fifty five dollars a month difference yeah. in, in oh, Medicare wow. Part B premiums. So just pay attention if your income is at a higher level maybe we look at doing some changes and and roth conversions come into play here if you don't want to you got to be careful not to convert too much in roth in ira monies to a roth because that's going to count as adjusted gross income so there's just things that we need to pay attention to
4: boy there's a lot of moving parts
1: aren't there kevin There always are, Steve, and again, our job partly part of our job is to bring these things up and make sure that people aren't stepping on these potential, you know, mines in the
4: minefield, so to speak, and, and help people along. All right. Well, again, folks, if that's what you would like to do, why don't we open up the lines right now, Kevin, and invite folks to call to come in and begin that conversation. Sounds great, Steve. Hey, folks, here it is. This is a great opportunity to, to sit down with Kevin and his team at Frisbee and & Associates and once and for all put a financial roadmap together. All We just talked about all these moving parts and we barely scratched the surface. Well, Kevin is there for you. He can take all of that, translate it into something that just makes sense, and it's a chance for you to get a true practical financial review. And we're talking about a second opinion here. Now's the time to make that call. It's 800 998 5649. The next 10 callers get that comprehensive financial review that Kevin just described, plus all the extras the portfolio MRI, the social security analysis, all of that included. No cost, no obligation. All you have to do is make the call 800 998 5649. And when you walk out the door, good news, you're going to have a roadmap in your hand, a guide, if you will, that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. The Roth IRA is something we often talk about on the show. In this segment, we'll break down what the five-year rule is and
1: how it could trigger taxes and penalties if you're not careful.
0: How's the market doing? It's fine. How's the market doing now? The same as it was five seconds ago. Stop worrying about market volatility. A good retirement plan will keep you from panicking when and if there's ever a panic, even during a correction or a mild recession. Get that solid retirement plan with lifetime income and protection from pitfalls. Get in touch with Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 998 5649
5: in April 1948, Charles P. Lazarus founded a baby furniture retailer, Children's Bargain Town in Washington, D.C. The focus of the store changed in June 1957, and the first Toys R Us, dedicated exclusively to toys rather than furniture, was opened by Lazarus in Rockville, Maryland. Lazarus also designed and stylized the Toys R Us logo, which featured a backwards R to give the impression that a child wrote it. On September 18, 2017, Toys R Us Incorporated filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Stating the move would give it flexibility to deal with $5 billion in long-term debt, borrow $2 billion so it could pay suppliers for the upcoming holiday season, and invest in improving current operations. The company had not had an annual profit since 2013. It was initially stated that only the U.S. and Canadian operations would be affected, and that its brick-and-mortar stores and online sales sites would continue to operate. On June 29, 2018, Toys R Us shut down all of its remaining U.S. locations after 70 years of operations. The company planned to revive the Toys R Us and Babies R Us brands in the future. In November 2018, it was announced that grocery market chain Kroger would add toy displays under Jeffrey's Toy Box brand, a store-within-a-store concept from the toy company, to some of its locations to sell selections of Toys R Us private label products. The brand operates under Jeffrey LLC, an intellectual property holding company within Toys R Us. On January 20th, 2019, the company emerged from bankruptcy as True Kids. On October 8th, 2019, True Kids announced a partnership with rival Target that relaunches ToysRUs.com ahead of the 2019 holiday season and redirects its shoppers to Target.com once they select the buy-by. On November 27, 2019, Toys R Us opened a retail store at Westfield Garden State Plaza in Paramus, New Jersey. On December 7 of that same year, a second location was opened in Houston, Texas. In 2020, Toys R Us ended their deal with Target. Instead, ToysRUs.com returned to having their sales through Amazon.com, this being the first time since 2006 that Toys R Us partnered with Amazon. Until their liquidation and closing in 2018, the company owned 739 stores in the United States in addition to more than 750 international stores and more than 245 licensed stores in 37 countries and jurisdictions.
4: Hey, we are back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sudol. Kevin is president of uh, Frisbee and Associates, author of Every Dime Every Day. Got a great team of folks. And uh, this is, you know, when we talk about Roths, we talked a bit about it in the last segment. I think we talk about it every week, Kevin. Well, I want to talk about it every
1: week for the right. same reasons I just talked about in the last segment, Steve. It's yeah. it's such an important topic now with with taxes going higher and, and proposed taxes going higher that uh, people just should pay attention. If they're not paying attention to it, think about it. You've got pre-tax money you put into an account for the hope that you're going to retire and take that money out at a lower tax bracket. That's, that's the theory, right? Right. And so why would you want to not take as much money out now at the lower tax brackets and, and prevent paying the higher taxes in the future. And and these conversations are all the time I have, Steve. I, I have couples that call call in all the time, come in, and singles too. We look at the tax brackets. I had a couple just the other day, had a um, uh, about $125,000 in household income. And I said, well, you're above the 115 by 10 grand. And 115 is important because uh, everything ab- above 115, you get bumped to the 22% federal bracket. So I said, what you want to do is, don't go put as much money into the 401k. You want to go put about 10 grand in your 401k and then get yourself down to 115 and then put the rest of that money in your Roth 401k or Roth IRA outside. Because why would you put all of that money in a pre-tax state? Like if you're getting a 12% tax break on that, on that pre-tax money, when the tax rates are going to go higher, let's say you're at 12% now and that rate's going to be 18 in the future, 50% higher, which is what it's going to be. So you're going to put, and get a tax break on twelve percent, but you're going to take it out at eighteen percent. It doesn't make any sense. No. So again, the the whole thought process is get as much as you can at the into an IRA at the higher bracket, but get as much as you can in a Roth at the lower bracket, and and not have to worry about those those higher taxes in the future.
4: And I was interested to learn. I mean, I've I've certainly talked about a Roth for a long time with 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 folks, and and uh, it was again started in 1997. That's when it became law. And within the Roth itself, and we don't often talk a lot about this, um, and that is the the Roth five year rule, the Roth IRA five year rule. And there's different versions of that, and it's important to know what they are.
1: There are different versions of that. So after, what? here's the deal with the five-year rule. After opening and contributing to a Roth IRA, you need to wait five years to begin the tax-free withdrawals. That's it. Okay. Oh, and, and of the investment earnings. You also need to be at least 59 and a half or older to qualify for the tax-free withdrawals. Just like a normal IRA, you got to be that retirement age deemed by the IRS, 59 and a half. Yep. So here's, here's the thing. People... The, the earlier, the better to start a Roth. I mean, obviously, you want to start it and and, and get some money into it because that starts that five year window. Clicking. That's key, isn't it? it? It really is the key. So, you know, the five year time frame is calculated based on the tax years. Basically, that you're you're doing contributions, and the IRS actually determines a tax year as running from like January first to December thirty first. It's a calendar tax year. So, what you can do if you want to get the clock ticking earlier, the deadline for contributions coincides with the deadline for filing taxes. So this year it's May 17th. normally it's April 15th. Then right. they extended the IRS deadline now by a month because of the COVID. So if you fund a Roth in in a Roth IRA in April 2021 for the calendar year of 2020, the 5-year rule actually starts January 1st, 2020. So you can you can put money in a Roth for last year and you basically gain your year. So you only have literally 4 years left. Um, to wait till that five year rule is done. So I, again, I'm having conversations. I think every single conversation with client coming in saying, "Hey, let's talk about Roth conversions. Let's see where your income level is at. Let's talk about getting some of that money moved over. And if you don't have a Roth, let's get a Roth started to start that window and give yourself a bucket
4: to be able to funnel some of that some of that uh, other other money into. Yeah, I mean it's. It's not as complicated as it sounds. I mean, the, I mean it's pretty straightforward. And, uh, you know, but, but it's the, the Roth conversion, the five-year rule for conversions is a little bit different, uh, you know, than than what the, just the standard contributions are.
1: That's right. So the, a little bit different on the Roth conversion. So what happens here is if, let's say you convert $20,000 to a Roth IRA in 2021. Okay. You need to wait until 2026. So that five-year doesn't go back a year. You have to do, you know, from the conversion time period, it starts at the time you do the conversion. So you need to wait five years to 2026 to be eligible for the qualified distributions, meaning no taxes, no no taxes on any of the gains as long as you you wait that five years and as long as you are at least 59 and a half.
4: Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense as well. And then, so, and I know that people, one of the things that I know we've talked about with the SECURE Act and uh, the elimination essentially of the stretch IRA uh, to to sort of continue that generational wealth. The Roth conversion is one way that I think people are, are attempting to do that. But what are the rules for an inherited IRA? Well, and let's go with They're the, the, Roth, the, the rule. Mean. Yeah, the, the rule, the five-year rule for an inher-
1: inherited Roth IRA uh, is still subject to the five-year rule as well. So even though somebody passes away and they leave you the Roth and they haven't had that five years yet, you're, you're still subject to have to wait that five years. Okay. Um, the best thing to do is do a rollover and and keep that as a Roth, and then get get past that time period. That the Secure Act that passed in 2020 um, also changed the rules on an inherited IRA of when people need to take money out. So I had somebody in here the other day that had a a couple hundred thousand dollar Roth uh, uh, be, uh, inherited IRA, and they said, "Well, I'm not. I don't need money out of that account. I'm not worried about taking money out of there right now." I said, "Well, you still need to pay attention to this because you inherited it in 2020. You've got." Until 2030, to take those funds out in full, and being a Roth, it's not a big deal because they can wait all the way till the end of the 10th year and they can draw all the money out and and be good because there's no tax. It's obviously a different story if it's a traditional IRA. Sure, I I had a uh, tell you a quick story. I had a uh, uh, brand new client in here the other day, they had inherited or she had inherited six hundred thousand dollars from her dad's IRA, and so and when dad passed in 2020, so she's got to take. And I told her I would recommend take $60,000 a year and not wait until the end because $600,000 distribution is going to be a big tax event. But if she does $60,000 for the next 10 years, it's going to minimize the taxes she's going to have to pay uh, on that on all that money. So, again, there's a lot of things. That, see, the point here is? The rules change all the time. These politicians make, make different things happen. And so our part of our goal here is making sure we've got all that data and information to be able to share with our clients, to be able to guide them along. Because again, the laws change, things change, circumstances change.
4: What happens if we decide to take some money out before the five-year rule, before five years? What happens? Yeah. So
1: the consequences for, for breaking that rule, so to speak, is if you take a distribution from a Roth that is less than five years old, the portion of the withdrawal that comes from investment earnings... Could be subject to the income tax and early withdrawal penalties. So, the amount you'll pay in penalties and taxes obviously depends on your age, mm-hmm. your income, how long you've had the account, all those kind of things. If you're less than 59 and a half years old and have held the account for less than five years, you can expect to pay that 10% early withdrawal penalty. That's, that's automatic. And uh, the income taxes on the earnings distributed from the account also gonna be taxed. And if you're over 59 and a half and have held the account for less than five years, you won't need to pay a penalty for the earnings but the amount that you draw it's going to be subject to income taxes. So, it just it's a matter of just paying attention, making sure you put that Roth in place and try not to touch that for the, for the 5-year window.
4: Right, exactly. Exactly, and wait until you're 59 and a half. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then there are some exceptions even with I mean, again, they, these rules get to be confusing, but so there are some exceptions to the 5-year rule.
1: There's some there's always exceptions to the <laughs> yeah, rule, of course right? There's, there's are. always the, the loopholes, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. You, you, here's the thing. You might be able to use up to 10000 dollars in the Roth earnings from the accounts to pay for a first home. So, you know, that's part of a nice little thing that, hey, if you're gonna buy a first home, you could potentially use some of the Roth earnings to do that without paying the penalty. Um, you could qualify to use earnings to cover higher education expenses for yourself, your spouse, maybe a, a child or grandchild. That's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you might be able to reimburse, you know, depending on if you've qualified, you might be able to reimburse yourself for medical expenses that are over 10% of your adjusted gross income. That's an unusual case. Obviously, if somebody's got some major medical expenses, but they don't they didn't have the, the proper health in- insurance, mm-hmm. you know, that could be something that you potentially could dip into a Roth. And if you're unemployed, you might be able to, you might be eligible to use funds to pay for health insurance premiums. So that's a nice little thing. If you if you did lose your job because of COVID or something like that, maybe you could dip into the Roth and and take some of those earnings to pay for healthcare coverage and and whatever. So there are some. There's always exceptions to the rule, and, and with a Roth. Uh, there's some pretty good ones there
4: if if somebody needed some money. Well, again, you know, we talk about the Roth, the Roth conversion. We, like I said, we talk about it every week, but I thought it might be interesting to sort of break it down this way because it's not terribly complicated, but still there are rules and, and some subtleties and not so subtleties in there. And uh, I, I mentioned at the beginning, it was, uh, it was started in 1997 with the Taxpayer Relief Act. And I didn't realize this, but it was a senator, Senator William Roth, who actually created the Roth.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, I kind of knew it was, I I had read before that uh, there was a guy named Roth and I didn't know it was William Roth and I didn't know he was a Senator either. Uh, but that's interesting. It's yeah. uh you know, that's a nice bill. It's a nice thing. 1997 is not that long ago. Right. And I think there's a Tremendous amount of people have taken advantage of the Roth
4: planning. Well, and I think, uh, you know, he was a Republican out of Delaware. And and I think most of us remember when, you know, we heard the the thing about the $9,600 rent or the $640 toilet seat. It was William Roth (laughs) that brought that to light. So good for him. I do
1: remember those conversations with the politicians spending all that uh, money, like you said, six hundred and forty dollars on a toilet seat,
4: yeah, built to exactly. the taxpayer. Yeah, oh yeah, we <laughs> paid for that. Yeah, <laughs> I can go to Home Depot and get one way cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, folks, here's the thing: if we kind of really dug into a Roth in a way that we haven't before, and if that was interesting to you, you want to learn more, you want to talk Roth conversion, now's the time to give Kevin a call. Sounds great, Steve. Hey folks, here it is. This is it. Come on in, sit down, get that financial roadmap put together. Talk about a Roth conversion. See if it makes sense to you. See how you can take advantage of the Roth today and how it's going to help you moving down the road. Kevin is there for you. He can really help translate that complex world into something that really makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get that true practical financial review. It's a phone call away. It's 800-998-5649. The next 10 callers are going to get the comprehensive financial review, the second opinion, if you will. You'll see where you stand today, yes, but more importantly, you'll end up with the roadmap that can truly help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 10 callers, 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998- five six four nine
1: the old adage of one size fits all may work for bathrobes but certainly not for retirement when we come back we'll break down what works and what might not work in your unique situation
0: should I take my Social Security? How much risk can I tolerate? I'm afraid I'm overpaying in taxes. Did I save enough? I can't keep up with all these rules. There are a lot of components to your retirement, and it certainly can seem overwhelming. It's time to establish a partnership with a professional who can provide you with a written plan, the proper strategies, and then be there with you along the way. That's Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649.
5: H.H. Gregg was started in 1955 by Henry Harold and Fancy Gregg in Indianapolis, Indiana. The new store featured home appliances featuring washing machines, clothes dryers, refrigerators, and grills. Shortly thereafter, they began selling televisions and other electronics. On July 8, 2009, the company announced that it planned to open 22 stores in the following year, primarily in Richmond, Virginia, Tampa, Florida, and in Memphis, Tennessee, many of them being in buildings formerly occupied by defunct Circuit City. The chain expanded into the Northeast, South, and Midwest through 2012. the company's motto was Greg's Got It, and their official mascot was an animated talking catalog named HH, voiced by Wally Wingard, and bearing likeness to that of video game character Raymond. On March 6, 2017, HH Gregg filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The filing followed the closure of 88 unprofitable locations outside of its core markets. BML Investment Partners LP acquired at least 7.5% of the company by January 26, 2017. On February 15th, the company announced it was exploring strategic alternatives for a sale of all or part of the business. On March 6th, the bankrupt company filed for reorganization under Chapter 11. On April 7th, the Chapter 11 case was converted to Chapter 7 liquidation. NHH Gregg said it would close all 220 of its locations, the 88 stores previously announced to be closing, plus the other 132 locations, and lay off about 5,000 employees. All stores were permanently closed on May 25th. In June 2017, the HH Gregg brand and intellectual property was purchased by Valor Group LLC for $400,000. In August 2017, Valor Group LLC announced it would open an online business under the HH Gregg name. The online business operates out of Somerset, New Jersey. The new online store is not affiliated with the company that went out of business. On September 5th, 2019, Valor Group LLC opened its first HH Craig's storefront in Franklin Township, New Jersey.
4: Hey, we're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is president of Frisbee and Associates, uh, wrote the book called uh, Every Dime Every Day, which is really your story, Kevin, and, and, and put it out there in a way that makes sense. Uh, I think most everyone who, re- who reads that book. Yeah, I appreciate that. Listen, it is my
1: story. I do. I mean, I, the the feedback has been great. I, I love to hear the comments of people saying, "Hey, you know, I read that, and it was personalized, and I I have a I had a feeling like it was you speaking to me." And really, that was part of my goal and intent when I wrote the book because I wanted to tell some of my personal story of of why I do what I do today, getting into financial trouble and and getting into debt and getting into credit card debts and a repo jeep and the whole thing because that, everybody's got a story, right? Everybody's got some history. And for for being one of the you know, one of the biggest financial advisors in New England to be able to tell that kind of thing, people are sh- surprised in, in a way. But then they can relate, saying, "Hey, you know, I I can look back and say I made some mistakes and I did some things that I want I wasn't necessarily proud of." But that's the importance of why I put that in the book. I wanted people to kind of understand that I I'm coming from the school of hard knocks. I I'm street smart with money, and and that's the angle we're taking here. We we do a lot of good things, but we understand that the working class guy scraping and saving and and going to work for 40 years and and putting together whatever amount of money they end up putting together and making that best work for them.
4: Yeah. Well, and again, that's really, uh, you're right. The book does speak to you. Uh, I mean, you know, because it's in your voice truly. And, and that, that makes sense. And you kind of take us down a path and I, and I like that. And, And one of the things that you do as well, um, that I like is, you know, there are, there are tried and true rules of thumb, but you're not afraid to say, okay, that, that doesn't work in this situation. Don't it doesn't matter. And and the first one was paying off a mortgage. And I know you're on a get out of debt guy, but there are exceptions. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> I've said I've said it before. The last few years I'm torn about this. And I'm a, I'm a get out of debt guy because it's a peace of mind thing. I, I like to sleep well at night and I like my clients to sleep well at night not having to worry about things. And sometimes people ha- have a worry about paying or, or or carrying debt in a retirement. So here's the thing. I if if it's Based on data and money, um, if you have a low mortgage rate, let's say three percent, three and a half percent or less, it, it probably won't make sense to pay off the mortgage right now. It, it might be better to just make those payments and maybe put some extra on the mortgage, but put but keep that money to work in an investment where you're going to make obviously more than the three three and a half percent of mortgage rate. But if you come into me and say, "Kev, I really really want to make sure I'm, I'm, my mortgage is f- is paid off and I'm mortgage free by the time I retire." That's okay. I mean, I'm going to help you put a strategy together, get that done, and so I'm not going to be the guy that says, "Hey, you know, not don't don't pay off the mortgage because, well, you know, our vested interest, right? We have more money for you to invest, and and uh, who, who's that better for? It's not better for us long term, right? Right. Ultimately, I want it to be the, the the peace of mind for the client to come in and say, "This is what I want to do," or if they say, "I don't have, to, I don't want to worry about a mortgage." But I don't care about carrying a mortgage or not, Kev. What do you think? I'm going to say, well, let's look at the data. You may be better off to keep that invested, get yourself seven, eight, nine percent on a conservative portfolio, and all of a sudden, you know, pay that mortgage as you
4: go. So, it 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 it's it's a it depends on the client. Let's just say. Sure, and and again, it's it the math tells the story. I mean, you've said that many times. The
1: the the math tells a story, but again, the, the the client's feeling about what they want to do ultimately will will make that uh, give that direction. So sure. And I'm, I'm the guy that's going to help guide that. And I'm, and I'm respectful of, of either direction.
4: So we're we're taking a look at some one size fits all, not necessarily always the case. And, and there's always that, uh, you know, I need this much money to retire. That's what I need. And, and that's across the board. And that really isn't, isn't the case. I mean, it depends. Some people do need $80,000 a year. Some people can do it on 30. Yes.
1: Yeah, so this is, this is why I, when I jump up on a board and I go through a, a model of retirement, the budget need and there's two parts to the budget need I explain to people. Number one, the basics. What's the basics to run the household? Property taxes, insurances, and or all this stuff that it takes to keep the household running. And then lifestyle is the second part of the budget. And everybody's got a different number here, right? And because when somebody retires, your lifestyle might be going fishing in Moosehead Lake. And that's probably not going to cost a lot of money. Or your lifestyle is going to be traveling to Europe. Well that takes a little bit different budget. So I want people to go back after our first appointment, here's what happens. I give them some some homework, typically. I want people to go back home and and compile what that budget need is. Build in a lifestyle number that fits what you're thinking about what you might wanna do. And then when you come back on a second appointment to to talk about strategies and solutions, I'm gonna take that budget and then we're gonna back it into how much money do you really need added to uh, your fixed incomes, social security, mainstay retirement, whatever you might have there, Is it it enough money to be able to fit that budget need? And the rule of thumb, and I've said it many times, and a lot of people have heard this if you listen to the show often, 6% per year in a withdrawal rate means you should be able to take just the interest in a very conservative managed account and means you're leaving the principal. So let's say you got $400,000 saved up in retirement monies. 6% of that a year is $24,000, which is equal to what? $2,000 a month. If you're siphoning off an interest, two thousand dollars a month, adding to your fixed income, Social Security, uh, Mainstay Retirement, or pension, is that enough to close the gap on the budget need? And that's how you gauge how much money you need at the end. It's a simple model, and and people at home could probably right now take that and say, all right, I've got this amount of save uh, amount of money saved up. I need six thousand dollars a month. What's my gap? And that that'll tell you how much more, or 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 if you've got enough
4: to be able to retire even today. And so, yeah, absolutely. And and again, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's comfort level is different. And that's where you come in. And and you know, you've done this a time or two. And and I, I'm guessing you probably can read people pretty well at this point.
1: I've done this a time or two for sure. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, and, and it's it's a matter of reading
1: what people are trying to do and understanding, having a better understanding. I had a, a brand new client a uh, couple uh, come in the office. Um, from uh, F- uh, Falmouth area and uh, just recently Yarmouth area, just recently, and he said, "Listen, this is a breath of fresh air." He said, "You jumped up on the whiteboard and you went old school with us, and you 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 made us feel like you were intently interested in helping us out, And I said, "And this is the first point I said, "I appreciate the feedback, and I said I am intently interested in helping you out because I take a complete vested interest in guiding my clients along to 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 have a successful retirement." And if you think it's a breath of fresh air, well, that's great, and I appreciate that. But that means you weren't getting that attention. And and the, the, the backstory was they had uh, uh, a a person that they had as a so-called advisor that they were doing Zoom meetings with, and and hadn't met really face to face in like six years. They would once in a while do a phone call back and forth. I'm like, how can that person really guide you along and take a real complete vested interest if you're not even face to face talking through these subject matters? Which <laughs> which is obviously was the case, and that's why they moved. Right. Um. So. At, at the end of the day you you everybody's got a different situation, right? Everybody's trying to do basically the same thing, have a comfortable retirement, but how do you do that with what you've put together? And that's where the puzzle playing comes in. That's where we can kind of mold
4: that and, and and give you the guide to be able to put that together. Another wild card piece of the puzzle is inflation, and we have to take I- inflation into account. And I know <laughs> we've got some some numbers here from from about inflation that I think a lot of us probably have long since forgotten, but it's a real thing. Yeah, inflate, and it's in it's it's all over the news right now. It is. It's,
1: it's you know it's talked about by the uh, the you know Federal Reserve Chairman. All all the people on Wall Street are talking about inflation right now. Why? Because we have inflation ticking up. And so, what does that mean for your future spending power? And that means you have to be growing your money at a, at a higher rate than inflation. And inflation, the government says right now, is running at about a 3%. Well, I would challenge that not to be true. Uh, you know, when they count the 3% inflation, they're not counting energy and housing and food of what we spend most of our <laughs> discretionary money on. Exactly. So the point being is you've got to be getting 5, 6, 7% rate of return on your money to keep up with the real inflation rate. And consider this, in 1975, the inflation rate was 11.8%, which is why rates went through the roof. Yeah. I mean, people listen right now. Right? I mean, And by the way, I don't remember this particularly because I was only four years old in 1975. But at the end of the day, after all the articles that I've read of people paying mortgage rates of 16, 18% by 1980, um, it was it was a struggle in the economy, and so what happens is we don't want to go have high inflation because now rates are going to have to go up, which means people have less buying power for properties and mortgages and all that kind of thing, and it's going to affect negatively the stock market, so we've got to keep the, the inflation in check. It's difficult to do that, though, Steve, when the government's putting out $1.9 trillion of stimulus money. Exactly. Difficult to do that when the government's talking about putting a 2 to $4 trillion infrastructure bill in place. How do you keep inflation intact? When you continue to spend like drunken sailors on Wall Street, I, I I'm, I'm sorry in, in Washington, I don't understand.
4: Well, exactly, and boy, the math does tell the story. It's it's insane. It's it. I mean, when you think even at three uh, percent, I know three percent a year, a thousand bucks would only be worth about four hundred twelve dollars in thirty years. I mean. That's at 3%. And I remember my first house, I bought my first house in 1983, and, and I was locked in at 12.5%, and I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounded good at the time, right? At the time, yeah, because I knew people who were spending more, playing more than that.
1: <laughs> so so ultimately, the challenge here with inflation is you have to build it into your plan. And if you'll, especially with the long people living longer, longevity increasing... You got to make sure you can have that inflation factor built into your plan to survive twenty-five or thirty years potentially. Because if you if you live thirty years, if you don't build that in, it, you run the risk of potentially running out of money and spending money or spendable money to to survive in, in twenty-five or thirty years.
4: Right. And uh, so let's talk about downsizing for a second. And and you know maybe the mortgage is paid off, but maybe maybe downsizing isn't a good idea because there are some things that come with that. So lately, I mean, we
1: do have these conversations with clients and I do ask about the you know, the prospect that you staying in a house you know, long-term and if they're a couple, what happens when one of you passes away? Can the survivor stay here and do the upkeep and, and all the maintenance and all that kind of thing? Usually the answer is no. If it's a multi-story uh, house, a lot of times people, when they get older, they want to have a one-story, one-floor, not have to worry about things. So downsizing a lot of times is a good idea. The challenge right now is if you sell with the, with the housing market, if you sell your property right now and you think you're going to bank some money, you might not be in that position because the property that you might go to purchase or build is going to be as expensive or maybe even more expensive because of the cost of materials right now than the one you sold to downsize. So you got to look at what's it going to cost you potentially and is it going to cost you more and then how do you fit, fix your budget to make that work to not have too much of a mortgage payment or too much of an expense out of your retirement monies to be able to do that.
4: Absolutely. Well, I mean, boy, this show is going by very quickly. Let's go ahead and invite folks to uh, to give us a call right now and, and get on your calendar. Great idea, Steve. Hey, folks, again, boy, we're having a great conversation today. That whole thing about inflation, that gets to be a little, a little nerve wracking, but it's a chance for you right now to set up a time, sit down with Kevin and go over those kinds of things. Figure out what your financial roadmap looks like. See what that road to retirement might look like for you. Kevin can take a lot of that complex financial world, turn it into something that really makes sense. It's a true practical financial review. And if you've never done it before, don't procrastinate another day. Make that phone call 800-998-5649. And the next 10 callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review. You will see where you are today, but more importantly, you'll end up with that roadmap that can truly help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Listeners have been busy
1: asking plenty of questions. When we come back, I'll answer as many as time allows.
2: Many of us look forward to the day we retire. We look forward to having more time to spend with our families, enjoying every day and maybe even taking that dream vacation out on the open road. Employee Benefit Research Institute's 25th Annual Retirement Confidence Survey found sadly enough that just 22% of us workers are very confident that we'll have enough money as we head into retirement. Now, statistics like this need to change. Don't let the fear of uncertainty turn your retirement dream into a retirement nightmare. We can help you see how much risk you're taking, those potential red flags that could cause problems for you down the road, such as tax liability, as well as a big one, folks. How much are you paying in fees or commissions with your current plan or advisor? Call Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649. Again, that's 800 998
0: 56 49 funny money or not so funny money this time we're talking about funny money. This is really smart money, but this guy's laughing all the way to the bank in his early retirement, so let's call it funny money. He worked very hard though to retire at the ripe old age of 24. Mike Rosehart is actually three years into his retirement now at the age of 27. He's living a life of leisure in Canada with his 28-year-old wife, Elise, and their two children. Now, how did he do this? Well, first, they lived very lean. He even, and I'm sure politely, asked his wife to lay off the Starbucks. Throughout college, Mike worked full-time and lived the lean life and saved and saved and saved. And saved. At 19, he bought a $152,000 cottage with money he'd saved and his student line of credit. He and Elise rented every room and made money off the profit. They both graduated debt-free and with money in the bank. He landed a job at $42,000 a year after college. His wife was earning 26 dollars per year. With money saved and living on just one salary and saving more, Mike started purchasing rental properties. He ended up selling his 11 properties and he knew he had hit his fire financially independent, retire early number of 25 times his yearly living expenses. He said he knew he needed 485,000 to retire and he had an equity in his property just under 760,000. To their credit, Mike and Elise are very smart with their money. They even made money on their wedding. They made money on their wedding by finding a venue that didn't charge them as long as they invited enough guests. Well, Mike jokes that with cash gifts, he actually made a profit on his wedding. Even though Mike and his wife started and finished very early, they add new meaning to it's never too late to get started in preparing for your retirement. For Funny Money, I'm Dave Perkins.
4: On Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is the president of Frisbee & Associates, author of Every Dime Every Day. Got a great team of folks, uh, you know, and, and you are ever-growing. I know you just added Peter Hansen. I look forward to meeting him. You've got Jeff Trushan. You've got Lance Gilman. And these folks are all really skilled, experienced, fiduciary, independent advisors. That's right. And, uh, you know,
1: we were talking. We had a, a meeting uh, collectively uh, not long ago, a couple weeks ago. And just within the four of us, uh, our ranks, and trying to figure out how much time we or, or years of skill that we had, and I think it was approaching like a hundred <laughs>
4: oh, of, of of uh,
1: of of practicing. So it's it's a big deal to be able to bring all that experience to our clients and know that we're here. We here. We've been here a long time. We're here for the long haul going forward. And so, I, yeah, again, I think we. I'm I'm biased, obviously. I think we do a tremendous mm-hmm. job. And I think that uh, just it speaks for itself because of our growth uh, and, and and how we've been able to grow over the over the last several years. I think it, uh, it's, it speaks for itself. Sure.
4: Yeah, well, Yeah, I, I think so, too. And uh, again, folks are paying attention, and they're writing in a lot of questions. Uh, we start with Michelle in Sanford. She says, my husband and I are raising our grandchildren. Their parents passed away years ago. We were both retired back then, although I have since gone back to work part-time. We're now in our mid-70s with two teenagers who will want to go to college in the next few years? Our retirement plan obviously never considered this as a possibility. Is it too late to turn it around? Wow, what a story!
1: Yeah, that's quite a story. Thanks for writing in, Michelle. And uh, it's never too late to turn it around. First of all, and I, you know, appreciate you know, sharing uh, what you've been able to do and helping, uh, you know, the, the the kids. And and uh, you know what? Not everybody would do what you've done too. So you're raising your grandchildren. Their parents passed away. Um, obviously you didn't expect to, to be retired raising kids and, and putting kids through college. You know, it's such a dynamic, right, Steve, these days where oh, yeah. nobody expected to retire and have to take care of parents either. And it's the same kind of thing. You know, you, you just don't know what life throws you and there's curveballs that happen and you have to pivot, move and, and make the best of the situation that you were dealt. And uh, and, and it sounds like that's, that's what you guys are doing, Michelle. So it's not too late to turn it around. I would say, let's sit down and figure out how to uh, put this plan in place and, and have the minimal amount of burden on the on the kids too, that mm-hmm. they don't have too much college debt and make sure that you have enough uh, still saved up to be able to have a comfortable retirement, whatever's left of that.
4: Well, I just can't imagine being in my mid-70s raising teenagers. That, that's such a little scary There's a culture shock for that. you, yeah, right? No I mean, kidding. it's got a <laughs> well, I mean, culture shock. I'm guessing it's keeping them young, well, you know, because you got to you got to stay out there anyway. Uh, well, uh, Michelle, if you'd like, it's 800-998-5649. We we'll certainly wish you well. Um, Barbara is in Old Orchard Beach. She says my mother wants to give me her IRA. Now she's in an assisted living community. She asked me to watch it for her, and I've been keeping up with her RMDs. But she told me last week she wants to just she wants me to just have it. I'm not sure how that works. Does that work? Yeah, well, here's the thing, Barbara.
1: Um, your mom obviously has the right intent, but I would probably recommend that you still, while she's in assisted living, you still do the RMDs as, as required. But if you if if you took over the whole IRA account right now, it's a taxable event on your mom. And, and then you're going to have to pay taxes on that full amount and then you get whatever's left. So you can't just give somebody a, a, an IRA account as an IRA. It'd have to be counted as a distribution and then she'd give you whatever's left after taxes. Um, If she passes away, obviously you could take that over as a beneficial IRA and then you won't have to do the whole lump sum. Here's the problem here though. Uh, Another problem here is she's in assisted living. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be counted as an asset, obviously for main care to qualify for paying her assisted living benefits or not. And so there's a five-year look back period there's a lot of complicated things here that you, you're bringing up, but you can't just, she can't just give you the IRA and have it stay as an IRA unless she passed away.
4: Sure. I mean, that sounds simple enough. You know, I just want to give this to you and, and good for her. I mean, that's a great thing. But yeah, it, it, there are rules that, that come into play here.
1: Yeah. And ta- rules and taxes come Rules to play and here.
4: taxes. That's the other piece. Yes. 800-998-5649 gets the ball rolling. Uh Herman. And he says, I want to leave a reasonable amount of money to my kids, but I also don't want to pinch pennies throughout my entire retirement to make it happen. Do you have any tips? I mean, again, that's, that, but that's just what you do. You help people achieve that.
1: Yes. So again, when talking about what we talked about on an earlier segment today, you you put that uh, retirement plan in place, and if you're only taking 6% withdrawals, annual withdrawals, meaning it's a conservative managed account, and you're only taking the interest, ultimately you end up leaving the kids, whatever amount is in that investment. So to the example I used earlier in today's show, if you had $400,000, you're taking 6% a year, that's $24,000, $2,000 a month. If you do this perfectly, you're going to die with $400,000 or more in that investment to be able to leave behind. So yeah, it can be done. And I think it'd be done. uh, We do it all the time actually. Mm
4: -hmm. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, and that's, you craft a retirement plan based on what this particular person wants. And the conversation we ask is, you know, what's
1: your intent and how do you feel about leaving behind? And some people chime in and say, I want to leave the kids or grandkids as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And some people say, no, I'm going to spend every dollar that I have. And, uh, there's no right or wrong about that. I'm just going to craft that plan to what their goals are.
4: Sure. I like it. 800-998-5649. That's the number that gets you going. Uh, Let's go to Maggie in uh, Corinna. Uh, She says, my mom is 79, doesn't have any tolerance for risk with her nest egg. She has more income than she'll ever need because of my dad's military pension that she's now getting. I'm considering an annuity for her, not because she needs the income, but as a way to protect the principal. Good idea or not? Yes, but is the okay. answer? All right, the, I like it. It's a yes, but. So I
1: like index annuities as a part of the plan to put market risk off the table. You want to stay away from variable annuities, Maggie. I know uh, you know if you're talking about an annuity, um, you want to stay away from uh, from variable annuities, and you want to make sure you're working with an advisor that's a fiduciary advisor that will bring the best annuity potential to the table because you you don't want to go to a, a firm that is just pitching. Um, a particular company or, or a particular type of annuity. So I think it's a good idea, but be careful of, of what
4: you're bringing to the table. Sure. I mean, again, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, that would be worth a conversation. I mean, she should come in and, and just have that conversation with you.
1: Yeah, so again, you, you, that's simple as that, Steve. Come in, have a conversation. Let's, let's carve out what she's trying to do as far as Uh, annuity planning. And we could be an independent advisors and fiduciaries. We can bring the best of the best to the table, whatever's out there.
4: 800-998-5649. That's the number. Let's see. we got time for more here. Let's go to Emma in Yarmouth. Uh, She says, are social security benefits withheld because of excess earnings returned to you in monthly installments when you reach full retirement age? (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, so Social Security earnings withheld because excess earnings, meaning if you're earning too much and you collect Social Security earlier, they will recalculate recalculate those those uh, what they hold back, but you won't get it back in a lump sum. It's going to calculate and, and get paid back on a monthly basis for the rest of your life. So it's it's not what it's, some people think that if they go to work, they get penalized on their Social Security, the government holds that money back. I'm going to get that back right away in, in a chunk and that's not the case. They just put it back in your earnings history and then recalibrate recal- recalculate your future social security payments so that might go up a little bit and there you go yeah and but not materially i mean it's they're going to base that over your life expectancy so it's oh, going to go up sure. a little bit but but
4: not a lot okay all right 800-998-5649 i want to touch on the uh, the um, seminars again just and i know you i know we don't have specific dates but just the fact that you're getting out there and that uh, is that are you getting the feeling that people want to get out and they want to interact yeah, I've got a couple of advisor
1: friends in uh, different parts of the country. Chicago, particularly, I had a, a guy. Uh, saw a guy do a seminar uh, a month ago, and he had a, almost a standing room only. He had a, a, a big crowd. He had social distancing, and, and it was all great, but he had a big crowd show up. And I, I thought, you know what? Just by, th- by that, I'm going to start to go put the uh, the dates in the calendar, because I do feel like things are turned and, and turning, and I do feel people are getting more comfortable. And I've got people... It's, <laughs> I got you know 75 78 year old clients coming in here excited. They've got their covid <laughs> shots and and they're ready to go and they're, ma- they're they're ripping their mask off and they feel like hey, I'm ex- I'm getting out there because well, I'm safer. So, I think yes, I think that the people are getting more comfortable every day.
4: Well, again, I think with the number of folks getting vaccinated these days and and feeling comp- I mean, that's a confidence builder right there if nothing else.
1: It is a confidence builder, so y- yes, we have seminars scheduled We've got dates in the book and, and probably over the next week or two, we're going to talk about those on the radio show okay. and excited to get people back into, uh, you know, to a room and, and talk talk retirement planning.
4: Well, yeah. And again, folks, if you want to learn more, not necessarily about the seminars, but just about Frisbee Benefits or Frisbee, you know, frisbeebenefits.com is the is the website, F-R-I-S-B-I-E benefits.com. Um, and that's where you can learn about all of you. <laughs>
1: All of us are there. We, we get great articles on the website, all the radio shows for the last couple, three years of podcasts on there. All our TV shows are there. So you'll find a lot about Frisbee and Associates right there at frisbeebenefits.com. That's right, Steve.
4: How's the TV show going?
1: TV show's going great. I, I think I've done 40 episodes- <laughs> No kidding. Um, so far in the last year. I mean, wow. you look back and think, wow, You know, where did the time fly? Um, I'm headed out to uh, Phoenix here in the next couple of weeks to do my next six episodes. So- Uh, I think it's going great. We're getting great response, um, so that must says you know that tells me right there that that it's working working well. And I think you know the education approach. It's only a thirty minute show, so it's it's not like this show takes an hour. And we you you know how fast it goes. We talk about so much, and so the TV show is a great complement to our radio show here.
4: Yeah, and again, like you said, it's an educational process, and that's what I like the best about it.
1: Everything we do is an educational process and it's designed to be that way. Sure.
4: All right. Well, folks, uh, we've got, uh, let's go ahead and invite folks to call one last time. Kevin, get on the calendar while there's still some spots. Sounds great, Steve. Hey, folks, here it is. It's your chance to, uh, last opportunity today, to give Kevin a call, get on the calendar, sit down, map out your retirement, map out that financial roadmap, if you will, Um, take that complex financial world. I mean, the things we talked about today, the Roth conversions, Social Security claiming, all of that becomes complicated. Certainly, Kevin can smooth it out, make it clear, make it easy to understand. It's a true practical financial review, no cost, no obligation. And just make the phone call to get it going, 800 998-5649. 998 10 callers right now. Comprehensive financial review showing you where you are today, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Kevin, you said it goes by so quickly and great information.
1: Thanks, Steve, and all the listeners and all the callers on today's show. Expect a call within an hour of the show ending from somebody here at Frisbee Associates. We can't wait to answer your questions and see if we can help you out.
4: Sounds great, and we really appreciate you listening, folks. And we're going to be back again next week with new topics, new questions, right here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee.